This week on Breaking Bullying, we have a very special guest. She's an author, a podcaster, and a mindset belief systems coach. And we're going to talk to her about why she wrote a book for young girls. I'm going to hit that music and get started. Dawn, thank you for coming on my show today. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so Dawn, why did you write your book of, for young girls? Well, my book is called Radiant You, Affirmations for Tween and Teen Girls. And I wrote this book because, like many girls, I was bullied in school. Um, I didn't have a great support system growing up. And it made it really hard for me. And I struggled a lot, not only with bullying, but with confidence, with making friends, with beauty, with everything that a girl goes through. And bullying was one of the hardest things for me in school. I was often a loner, you know, and back then we only had to deal with bullying for eight hours. You know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have cyber bullying back there. We went to school for eight hours. And at the end of the day, you felt like you had a break. So you would go home. And for me, I would have anxiety and stress and and just feel downright awful about having to go to school the next day and deal with the awful teasing and bullying that I concurred when I was in school. What grade were you in? Gosh, it it honestly, from when I was very young, like it started probably second grade. And I mean, it went all through probably high school. I didn't look like other girls. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was average. I, I, you know, I wasn't the 36, 24, 36 blonde hair, blue eye Barbie doll, you know, it's just an average girl. And, you know, I just wanted to make friends and my accent, everyone, you know, made fun of my accent or made fun of my smile or made fun of my hair. It was just always something just, you know, and it made me feel really awful about myself. And that's what inspired me to write this book, because I know that especially in today's society, not only are, you know, girls going to school and trying to figure themselves out, they're being bullied, they're being told what beauty looks like, they're being teased, they're being shamed. and you know, there's not a lot of information out there on how to deal with it. And I wish I had this book when I was a kid, I would have maybe done better. And growing up, I didn't have the support system I needed at, at my home, you know, so it was up to me to figure all of this out. And I didn't, it wasn't until I was much older into my adult years that I learned about affirmations and what affirmations do. And how they reprogram your thoughts and they get into your subconscious. And when I started researching it, I apply that in my life and I apply it every day in my life. Because when you are told something, especially as a young child, you're like a sponge. You absorb that and you start believing it. So I was made to feel like I was nothing. I was made to feel like I wasn't enough. I was made to feel like I was ugly. I, it, I broke my confidence. And it was. Do you know what started your bullying? Honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, you know, I just thought I was a normal kid. I wanted to be friends with everybody. I, I was always happy, you know, and on the outside yeah. I was, but not on the inside. They, you know, these kids made me feel awful. And I was often just teased for my looks, you know, being happy all the time. 
you know, not fitting in, not being mean like the other girls in school. And it, it made me, you know, a loner. Yeah. And it was just awful making, you know, feeling that you weren't pretty, making you feel like you weren't special, like you were stupid, all the names that most children call, you know, each other. And it just got worse as, you know, I got older because, you know, you didn't fit into this perfect box of what beauty is or what you're supposed to look like. So it was often as I got older around my looks, I wasn't super skinny. I, you know, and it, it led to a lack of confidence and self-esteem and it, you know, it turned into this belief system for myself that I wasn't enough. And, you know, as I got through and practiced and started implementing affirmations into my life, it made me realize that I had to pay this forward and I had to educate girls on what these things truly are, of what true beauty is, of what confidence should look like. And I wanted to introduce affirmations because I think they're super, super important to create a new belief system around things that most of us get bullied about. As a, as a young girl, what don't they feel good about themselves? I think for the majority of girls, it's beauty. It's it's looking a certain way, acting a certain way, being a certain way. And if you don't fit into that box or you you don't generally like the same things that most girls do, then you're considered an outsider or, you know, a freak or a loser. And these were names that I was called in high school because I didn't fit that box. I didn't fit the look. I didn't fit you know, what every other girl liked doing or want, you know, or boyfriends or it's, yeah. it's all of it. You know, girls, girls want to feel wanted. And in today's society, most girls are made to feel like they have to be put in a certain box of what the standard beauty is of what and how you should act or what you should do. And I mean, that goes into adult lives too. You know, women are made to feel like we're always in competition with each other. And that just shouldn't be the case. And I want girls to understand that beauty comes from within. And it doesn't matter if you like something that is out of the box or if you think outside of the box and you don't do everything like every other girl does. And that's okay too. You're actually embracing who you truly are instead of trying to fit in. Or as society would say. So going back to second grade, though, what would a second grader, like, what do you get picked out for second grade at as, as such a young age? Like, just being different with, with a funny accent? For me, it was more of always wanting to help others. And for some reason, that annoyed most of the girls in my Because you got class. the attention? And to this day, it's right. Just because I, you know, I was the good student. I was the studious student. I was always the teacher's helper. And it wasn't to like suck up to the teacher. I just genuinely wanted to help people. I wanted to help my teacher. I wanted to, you know, spray the classroom or wash the the whiteboard. And you get, you start getting rumors or if someone says, oh, you're ugly or you don't look, you're not pretty or your hair's too frizzy. It was always something. It was always the the things that you know, girls would pick on me, whether my hair was different. I had really, really long hair when I was little. And, you know, it was, it was a lot. I'm Italian. I have a lot of hair to begin with. And I was always made fun of that. My hair was too frizzy and, and, 
oh, it looked nappy. And, and, you know, when you're playing outside as a second grader, well, what do you expect? You know, and these were things that, you know, as a child, you, you start to believe these things, especially that you, you really don't know how to take it. And when you don't have a support system at home telling you, Hey, like kids are mean, and this is the way the world is. And these are, this, these are the steps you could take to, you know, to know that you're enough. I started believing everything. So little by little, my self-esteem just got chipped away. And I was just, you know, at the end of the day, all those years building up, I was the loner kid. I didn't fit in with the boys. I didn't fit in with the girls. I was my own thing. And I would sit at lunch by myself. I would make friends with the teachers because I had no one to sit with at lunchtime. And I would talk to the teachers and I would have a conversation with them. And that's just the way it was for me. And keep in mind, I went to a Catholic school too in New York. So you would think that things were be a little bit different, but they weren't. Just no matter what kind of education you get, just, you know, it has to do with parental yeah. upbringing and what kids are going through at home. And, you know, kids tend to lash out on other kids, especially if they're dealing with something personal at home, they lash out to other kids. And that's how that goes. My kids go to private school and it's pretty small. You think the teachers would pick up on that and offer you some advice? So realistically, you know, it never happened in in the classroom. It would always happen during recess or at lunch when the teachers weren't around. And that's how kids are clever. That's how kids, you know, or I remember at one point there was an incident in one of my classes. I believe I was in fifth fifth or sixth grade, so I was a little bit older, but someone started passing a note around the, the classroom you know, the good old fashioned school notes. And we didn't have phones that texted each other, you know, and it was this note that would go and it would be passed around. And, you know, that's one of the ways that it happened for me. And then the teacher finally caught the student passing the note. And then she got me after class and she's like, okay, like, and she, she, you know, she was an awesome teacher. And she tried to make me understand, like, this is not you. This is, you know, this is not who you are. Don't listen to them. You know, but they could only offer so much too. And back then, you know, we didn't have the education, we didn't have the knowledge that we had, and and bullying wasn't as serious as it is. It was called toughing it up. You got to toughen up, right? You know, like just don't believe them. Like they're, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. You're fine, and most teachers would just blush, you know, brush it off. But now, like it's a total new world now the girls and and the boys for that matter. But, you know, since I'm a female, I wanted to reach out to other females with this book. You know, you go home, now you're dealing with cyberbullying on top of regular bullying in school. It follows you wherever you go. And then you go on social media and then you see snapshots of your friends and you get into this mindset that that's their life when it's only a snapshot and you really don't know what's going on in someone's life. You can't just with a snapshot, whether it's Instagram or TikTok. You know, and then all of the social media platforms, the way they're portraying how girls should act or be or, you know, do this for weight loss. And and we're always made to feel like we're not good enough. And I'm tired of it. And this is my way of giving back. You know, I want this in every school across the country. I want to I want girls to have a copy of this book across the country so that they have something that they can look at and help them reprogram their mindset and know that they're enough just as they are. 
in your book, what advice do you give to like teens, how to reprogram your mindset? Because if, if you're the person being told you're ugly, you're stupid, you're dumb, you have no friends, how do you convey that message through a book to get them to realize this is untrue? I feel that's really tough to do. It is. You know, when I started affirmations, it, it almost felt like, really, and, and I'll be straight up, you're like, it's hard to believe something at first when you really don't understand it. Because it, again, if you're made to feel ugly, not good enough, you, you have no confidence, you have no self-esteem, you, you don't start believing the affirmations right away. But what happens is over time, when you start repeating the affirmations, and you start to say them out loud, what it does is you're starting to create a habit. So at first, it feels weird. It feels awkward. Like I'm saying something that I don't really believe in. But when you start to believe it, and the more you be- you start saying affirm- the affirmations, the more your subconscious starts reprogramming, you're creating new neurotransmitters in your brain. And now you start to believe it, you start to build that confidence up. So what I did was I broke up the chapters of the book. So, you know, if I have a chapter on confidence, I have affirmations that particularly pertain to confidence. I have affirmations that pertain to bullying. I have affirmations pertaining to beauty so that the girls can pick out the affirmations that they like and create a new belief system, whether that's putting it on sticky notes, writing it in their journals or just repeating it out loud and sticking with that because that's how you start shifting that mindset that you are good enough and you are enough just. Yeah. That mindset shift is very tough because I remember when I started martial arts, I figured if I joined martial arts, my bullying would come to an end right away. That's what happened for Daniel LaRusso and Karate Kid. But when I joined martial arts, my bullying just got worse because now kids are making fun of me for, doing martial arts karate and I feel like when a bully sees you trying to improve their life or that you get to experience something that they can't the bullying gets worse because they're going to try to shoot you down to end that what advice do you have for people that are going through that it's a great question what with what kids need to remember in general is that when someone bullies you that is a reflection of them and something that they are going through personally and kids lash out. So they project on the happiest person in the room. They project to the kids that they only wish that they can do. So in your case, Tim, someone that lashed out at you was probably really jealous deep down inside that you were doing karate and they didn't have an opportunity to do karate or something in the home life was going on and they took that out on you. And that's what bullies do. They project their own anger, their own hurt, their own fears on others. It's no reflection of the person getting bullied. It's a reflection of the person bullying. What is your advice for like young girls on friendships? Because that can be a tricky subject because you could think, these girls, this group of girls are your friends. And then at some point in time, they totally backstab you and it was all planned out. If someone's going to manipulate you or pretend to be your friend, and this is what normal young girls do. This is a stage of life. Let's face it. 
you know, we're all little narcissists until we kind of figure out that the world doesn't revolve around us, right? So at that crucial age, we all have this narcissistic brain and we only think about us. We don't think of how things affect others. And that's just true. That's how the, the stages of puberty happen for both girls and boys. That's just how it is until they mature enough and they realize that there are more, there's more to life than just them, right? And then we start yeah. thinking of others and we start thinking of compassion. We don't really know. The best thing that you can do is just be you. And if someone's going to backstab you and treat you unkind, then they're not for you. And although it hurts and it sucks in plain English, don't let their acts of unkindness or just brutality corrupt who you are as a person because that's the end game yeah are there warning signs or red flags to look for if you're being taken advantage of absolutely if you if you're in a group setting with a bunch of girls and that those girls are talking about other girls that's a red flag because if they can talk about others behind their back to you what makes you think that they're not talking behind your back to others you know, and just the way they treat people, you know, if they're always gossiping or, or being, you know, creating scandalous little steams, that's a red flag that those are not the type of people you want to be around unless you do, unless you're just trying to fit in, but deep down, follow yeah. your gut and follow your heart because you know, deep down, if that's something that you want to even be involved in. But I mean, it, it goes into womanhood yeah. too. Like there's, look at what society is showing women, Tim. It's like, we're, we all have to be in competition with each other. And that's just not the case. You know, we're no, we, there's enough to go around for all women. And I think society had a big, big toll on that to just have women in competition with each other. And it shouldn't be like that. Do you advise girls to, when they when they recognize they're being taken advantage of, or they recognize this person is taking advantage of this person, do you advise them to speak up, even though they may become the target now themselves? It honestly depends on the kind of relationship you have. I mean, there are plenty of girls that will stick up for other girls and say, hey, like, it's not right. You have to follow your heart. If you know truly that it's not right, and you have the courage to speak up and be like, Hey, you know, that's not cool. What you're saying about so-and-so you have that right. Because you like, again, you know, that if they're not the type of friends you want to be in, just walk away, make new friends. Because are, are you, are you trying to be mean to fit in or what's, what's your motivating factor for being around this group of girls to begin with? Girls at that, especially between teen and teenage years, like I said, they're still trying to figure themselves out. But for the majority of most girls, you know, it's a love hate relationship. You're going to get along one minute. You're going to hate each other the next. You're going to get along one minute. You're going to hate each other the next. I know that with my own daughter, like her and her best friends, they're best friends one minute. And then the next minute they're fighting. And then the next minute they're like sisters again. And then, then, you know, that's just life. It's, it's a combination of figuring out who you are as an individual and then trying to fit your personality into a gazillion other personalities out there. And that's the thing. That's how we're, what we're, we're still trying to figure that out even in adulthood. And I don't think we're ever going to figure that out though. No, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> um, I think, what people are lacking 
is just learning how to respect people. They just forget how to do it. And parents aren't teaching them respect because what parents say and do at home, the kids are seeing it. They go to school and they'll do the same thing. Here's another thing too. It's not only the words we use, it's our actions. So even if a parent doesn't say a word to their child, a child is observing the parent's actions. So even though let's say, you know, they're not yelling at the child, but the parents themselves are arguing in the home, the child's going to notice that the child's going to be observant and notice those things and realize, whoa, okay, I guess this is how people communicate. So then they take that subconscious, they take that information, it's absorbed into their subconscious, and now they go and act out the same way the parents are. And it's not just parents. Like I said, it's social media. It's all this influential noise in the world right now. And it's there's so much noise coming from every angle that it's hard enough trying to figure out who you are. But now you got a gazillion people on TikTok and other social media platforms telling you how to be, how to act, how to dress, how to get popular. Yeah, everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to belong. And the problem is we all want to be the best. And we're never going to be happy with ourselves because we see something better on TikTok or on Instagram, and people don't realize a lot of photos are edited. That's why we have software to edit photos and videos. That's why I edit my, that's why I edit my podcast. so I don't sound so horrible. (laughs) You know, nothing is perfect. You know, it's, everything is edited. It's fake, not real. Right. But you know, there's no such thing as perfection. And I think, you know, people in general, whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, you need to realize that the only competition you should have is with yourself. And if you are a better person each and every day and you try to be a better person than the day you were before, that's enough. And, you know, the happiness, again, is rooted from childhood. So even as adults, you know, if we're still feeling like we're not good enough, then I would ask why. You know, why don't you feel good enough? And nine times out of 10, especially with my clients, it's childhood. It's the root of childhood of what we were taught, our family environments, our outside influences at the time. There was no internet when I was a child, but all the family structure, all the people that you surround yourself with. As adults, we have that choice to walk away and say, "Uh, you know, I'm good enough on my own. I don't need to fit in as much as I thought if it's going, if, if I'm around toxic people and now the younger generations like Gen Z years, especially they understand that and they're standing up for themselves and they're advocating for what's wrong or right. And they're not putting up with toxicity in their lives. And that's the way it should be, you know, but at a young age, when you don't know any better and you're still trying to fit in, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to do things that are out of your comfort zone and that don't make you feel so good because you're trying to fit in. That's why young kids want phones because their friend has it. And you can be that good parent that, no, my kids, I can have a phone until they're 18 years old. Your child's... That's just not yeah, reality it's, nowadays. It's not. Right. And I really wish they would step in on these apps. Like, you know, you can't access Instagram. You don't, Why does a 16-year-old need Instagram in the first place? For what purpose? Here's the thing. The, the, the way they can get through it is by f- 
faking yeah. their birthday and creating a, a bogus Gmail account or email account. And that's how, that's how kids get around yeah. it, you know? And, and that's what, that's what these big companies want. They want to influence the next generation. So all these subliminal messages, all these things that, you know, are on social media, it's there for a reason. They're trying to get to the younger generations of how to act, what to do, how to be, how to dress, what's cool, what's not. Remember back, because I assume you're close to my age. I remember back in the mid-90s, I was still a teenager yet, but I remember even in like late night, like 98, in order to get a cell phone, well, they were expensive, but you had to do a credit application. You had, you know, you had to go through a process. You had to apply to get a cell phone. We have the capabilities to do that now too. Like if you're carrying a cell phone, that carrier should know who has it, how old you are and block everything. We can do that. But like you said, these big companies don't want that to happen because they're going to lose ad revenue. Exactly. But like I was a teenager. So in 98, I was 16. I had a pager. Okay. I didn't even have a cell phone. I had a pager and like you would get a number on your pager. They'd have to call the number, a number. And that is your pager number. And you'd have numbers and you'd have to decipher the code. Like that's how I communicated in high school. I didn't have a cell phone. It wasn't even cool no to way. have a pager. Back then kids, I have like three pages. I, see, <laughs> I saw kids back then wearing like three pagers, like on their belt clip. Like, why? Oh What's my the gosh, point? no, I only had one. I only had one. I remember that. <laughs> it came in the cool colors. Three yeah, the pagers. Yes. I had a beautiful, like, clear blue. I remember. I remember oh. my pager. Like, man, I mean, but, but I mean, the way the world is and the way, like, every, you know, not only, like, you know, there's, it's beyond, like, regular public transportation. We have lifts and we have Ubers now and we have ride shares and we have all these things. And, you know, now a cell phone is crucial for a kid, especially that times have changed. You have both parents working now. You know, there's not a lot, you know, there are, I'm sure, but for the majority, you know, women work too now. We're not all stay-at-home moms all, you know, all the time. We have jobs, we have careers. You know, when the child's old enough, there has to be a way of communication if both parents are working or that's why the cell phone, and that's why, that's why kids have cell phones nowadays. Don, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. You gave me some great advice and some great advice for young girls because I am a father of five girls. So I have, my oldest is 22. Yeah. Oldest is 22. And I have a 17-year-old and me and my wife took like a 12-year break and we have a five, three, and four-month-old. So I have- Oh my god! I have a long ways to go. You're brave. No, it was my pleasure. You definitely, I'm going to send you some copies of this and for sure. Definitely, I'll have to pick one up. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, speaking of the copies, how can we find you? Oh my gosh, I am all over social media. I promise you guys, I use it for good. Um, you can find me at dawnchristine.com. Dawn is spelled with an E at the end of it because I spell it differently. I'm all over. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I am not on TikTok. I will never be on TikTok. Sorry, guys. Um, and I, you can listen to me. I have a wonderful podcast myself. It's called Purposeful Wisdom. It's on YouTube at the moment. And there's wonderful advice for, for grownups for the moment. But I have a podcast. 
Um, you can definitely get a copy of my book, Radiant You, on Amazon. It's also on walmart.com. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. Like, it's all over bookstores. Um, Amazon is the quickest way to get it, though. Um, and I will give you, Tim, the, the link for that. Amazon's the, Amazon is the quickest for everything. It is. Amazon's the quickest. <laughs> and, Don, we both have a big event coming up in February. And if you want to meet yeah. Don and listen to her speech, or little old me myself, you can come out to the Voices Heard Summit on February 23rd, 24th, 25th. You'll see myself and Don speaking there. And I will, I will be running a anti-bullying seminar called Cry Chop Bullying. I'm also going to be running a live podcast out there as well. You can find tickets at energymagazine.com. And energy is spelled with I and N. E-R-G-Y, <laughs> magazine.com. Yeah. I had to think about that. The I throws yeah, me off. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. No, this is going to be awesome because it's voices heard. And I love that there's so many walks of life coming to this. And I'm so excited to be part of this with you, Tim. This is going to be so good. I know there's going to be so many speakers out there. I know Sean's going to be out there. And just so many beautiful souls that I can't wait to meet. And uh, it's going to be in Long Beach. It's going to be at the Maya Hotel. There's going to be, it's three days of just education and classes and seminars. And there's tons of vendors. There's tons of speakers there. And, you know, I would love to meet everyone that's coming out and just hear their stories as well. That's what it's all about. Yes. And you, I will also post that link on my show notes as well. Don, thank you so much again for coming on my podcast. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much, Tim. Can't wait to see you in person in February. And for myself, you can always find us at our very own website, which is www.breakingbullying.com. You can also reach out to us at our email address. If you have a story of your own bullying to share, or for whatever reason you want to get a hold of us, our email address is breakbullyinghere at gmail.com. Now, if you're a victim of bullying, and you don't know where to turn, there is an online resources to help you. The first is the government's very own anti-bullying website, and the address is www.stopbullying.gov. And other online resource is www.pacer.org backslash bullying. Now, if you have had thoughts of suicide or of self-harm, we implore you to stop reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. That number is very simple. It's 988. I'm Tim Flynn, and thank you for listening. And we will be back next week to continue the conversation to break the silence on bullying.